Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, intelligent, gorgeous, <laughs> very hardworking, <laughs> Disney-found, family-loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Well, thank you, sweetie. Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode. Well, we were recording this episode on multiple days. <laughs> portion of it we recorded on Tuesday, January 30th. Today we are recording on Wednesday, January 31st, and this episode is dropping on Sunday, <laughs> February 4th, 2024. My head hurts. Yes. Just know we did this earlier in the week, so in case something happens later in the week and why we didn't talk about it on this episode, you'll know why. Um, but we couldn't be more excited to, to get this episode out here because uh, we've had a lot of fun and a fun discussion, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was amazing. For sure. For sure. Thank you for joining us today, whatever day this might be. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter. X. Twitter. X. At Hyperion Podcast. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Also, we're on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Exactly. And as we say every week, we just love interacting with you. Uh, but if there is a particular topic or question you have, feel free to email us. Yeah, we've done a lot of episodes. We're approaching our 300th episode. Yeah. So that means... We've had a lot of topics and we need more topics. So please <laughs> hit us up with your topics because we want to do what you want to hear. You know, right. what, what do you want to listen to? What interests you? Hopefully it's us. But <laughs> what do you want us to talk about? Um, we'd love to know. So please hit us up in all these ways. Gmail account, social media, whatever. We'd be happy to try and work on what you want to listen to. Now, before we get into this week's show, you know we always like to take a look back at the week that was. Because this is the Disney podcast of positivity. So we like to focus on those high moments, those wonderful moments, those positive moments from the past week. We call it my favorite thing from this week. And although we're only midway through this week, I think <laughs> I we do both have a favorite thing from this week. But let's go ahead and start with Michelle, like we always do, because she's wonderful. She's fantastic. <laughs> she's amazing. So you know, she does the best lists. She definitely does the best research. She also has the best my favorite thing from this week. So Michelle, what is your favorite thing from this week? Well, my favorite thing from this week so far, and I do expect we're going to have even more times of favorite moments. But right now, I would say getting to chat with our good friend, Tony, the Disney dad, was a favorite. Yes, uh, I agree. That's mine, too. I we had kinda a thought wonderful it conversation with him, which you're about to hear in this episode, talking all about found families. And he's just such a warm, wonderful, fantastic person, such a good family man. Uh, it's just so good to reconnect with him. For sure. And it was nice to have some time, even after what we recorded, to just get caught up with some things going on with each other's lives. Yeah. And just a lot of fun. It's been a while since we've talked. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, he and I will text back and forth once in a while, but it's been a long time since we were able to just sit down and, and have a good chat. And uh, that exactly. was that was nice. That yeah. was nice. I agree. My favorite thing from this week. 
as small as it is so far <laughs> as well. But that was a pretty big one. I don't yeah, know if we're going to top that, but I do expect we're going to have fun times. Yep, yep. And we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. As for this week's show, let's move on to it. We have lots of stuff for you this week. Well, we have a little stuff for you this week <laughs> because it's only midway through the week. Uh, but I do have a couple things. First, a freshly reimagined resort opens officially at the happiest place on earth. We'll tell you about that. And, well, we are a Disney podcast through and through, but, you know, we may have to talk a little bit about something epic happening <laughs> at Universal. We'll tell you all about that as well. But that's later. Let's go ahead and get to our very family-focused main topic of the week. So, Michelle, there's one thing that's been permeating through Disney, through many of their properties, mm -hmm. Marvel, Star Wars. I mean, you just go across the whole gamut, Pixar. I mean, one thing we found time and time again is that there's really a lot of stories about not just family, yes, of course, mm -hmm. but also found family. Isn't that right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you can go back to very early on, even if you look at Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean... There was found family storytelling right there at the, at the very basic start of all these Disney movies. Yeah, right from the beginning. I mean, it was kind of a big portion of what Disney was all about. And so we thought, you know, we've been looking for a ways to kind of bring this into the show and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, discuss this more frequently. And we thought this might be a good week. And boy, we're really excited that we've got a great guest to, to you know, who we think is well, one, he's just a wonderful person, yeah, but also uh, he's a very good family guy and the perfect person, I think, to talk about the subject. Right, Michelle? Yeah. I mean, we couldn't be more happy to have as a privilege to, on our show, uh, Tony. And he's we feel that one, like you said, he is just such a warm, wonderful person. And, you know, his experience in life really, I think, can help uh, Bring some great perspective to this. Yeah, topic. he is Tony the Disney dad, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I mean, his right at, family is right in his name. Right in the name. Right there. Uh, Tony, welcome back to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. So good to have you on the show again. Uh, thank you, Tom and Michelle. It's always good to be here. Always good to hear from you guys and appreciate you having me on. And, you know, there's no two better people, I think, to talk about family, found family than you guys as well. And that, that, positivity and, yeah. and like you said it, it seems to be the heart of of disney right there's always that family mm -hmm. that's the center right. but also found family so i think this is this is a great topic to to dive into cool cool yeah i i think there's a lot to get into and we may not even be able to touch on all of it because there's so much oh. of it across right. disney properties you know today that I, I think we'll just kind of hit on some some important ones and some ones that are close to our heart and then we'll just see where it leads right michelle absolutely so shall we get on with it? Go for it. Oh, all right. Just, you know, kind of get everybody on the same page when we talk about found family. It, it's the idea that you can have people who form these close, supportive, loving bonds, but may not be biologically related to each other. Um, and, and from the stories, you tend to see a couple very common catalysts or components to found family. You know, one, there's either a predicament, a need or a crisis that exists. Um, then you see character transformation taking place. And then there's this 
this universal drive for a common person among these members of this new family. And so um, thought we could, having that in the back of our heads, kind of delve into some of the things. Now, like you said, there's just too many too many films too many. that we could touch on and, and not just films. Disney Channel uh, animated shows have a lot of examples of great found family that are fundamental to their stories as well. So, but for today, why don't we just focus on a few? Sounds good to me. I mean, you know, Michelle always has the best topics. <laughs> so True. I'm sure Michelle True. will lead us through this in a really <laughs> oh, good man, way. Oh man, I don't know. The heat is on now. <laughs> um, you know, coming from our perspective, we, we, as, Tony mentioned, we do have some, some components of found family in our personal lives as well. Um, you know, we both we found each other. We found each other. <laughs> we, we share stepchildren. Um, I put a child up for adoption and then she later found me and we've been reunited. Um, so a lot of great, unique components that, that we've experienced. Um, but as, as we said, we, we felt that, that Tony would really bring some great perspective to this. And, and Tony, I'm wondering if you could, you know, we find you so inspiring. Um, and, 100%. Uh, and, you know, I, I always say I want to grow up to be you and your family. Um, <laughs> but, but you really bring a lot of extraordinary perspective on this discussion. And, and can you give us a little bit of background of, of, of your family Yeah, situations? for those who maybe not know the Tony right. the Disney dad story. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the origin story. You know. uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. And, and you guys actually play a role in that, this story too, which I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, lead into. But my um, wife and I, Jen, we are high school sweethearts. Uh, we got married in the year 2000. Uh, and, you know, my wife was made to be a mother. She just has that natural mm -hmm. quality. And, you know, so we got married and we couldn't have kids. Uh, it was very difficult for us. And that was a hard time. It took seven years and we went mm -hmm. through many procedures, doctor visits, all that. And we finally had uh, our first son, Sparrow. Um, and it, what a joy. And then, you know, shortly after, two years later, came, came Stitch. Um, and we were happy and we were comfortable and we were a nice family of four. <laughs> uh, we love Disney and it was great. But in the back of our head, we always kind you of also, you this. left out, you did a good, good podcast too. Yes, we did a great, yeah, <laughs> of course. How could I forget? Um, but there's something always kind of in the back of our heads. And we always talked even before we got married about, uh, you know, adopting a child, maybe doing mm -hmm. foster care. Um, and we just kind of got comfortable and put it aside. And then, you know, uh, it was probably around the year 2018, we started talking about it again um, and really just going through it. And like, and my wife's like, you know, it's just so much paperwork. I'm like, well, if paperwork is stopping us from doing <laughs> foster care, like that's silly. I'll do the paperwork. And it was a lot of paperwork, but we got it done. And, you know, right around the time where we submitted everything, we're going for our license to be foster parents. Um, is when that very special episode of Hyperion Adventures came out. And Michelle, you talked about uh, giving your daughter up for adoption. And it was really, um, you know, a different thing, but very inspirational to us of like thinking outside of yourself, right? Thinking of others. And I, I truly believe one of our purposes in this world is to help others. Um, and so that really kind of pushed us. And, you know, I think that's right around when we started talking too, um, uh, I, you know, sent you notes of uh, encouragement of how that really touched my, me and my wife. And so we moved forward and, 
you know, we went through and you have your license for a year before you have to renew it. And it was about 11 months and we got a couple calls for foster care and it didn't work out. And so I just turned to my wife. I'm like, well, you know, I guess it just wasn't for us. And I think it was that was like on a Saturday. And I think that Monday we got a call um, and it was, you know, two siblings. It's only going to be a couple weeks because, you know, the grandma needs to get um, a new apartment. We're like, yeah, all right, we could take two kids for two weeks. And then two years, 10 months, and one day later, we adopt them. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and it was it's a long journey, and there's a lot more to it than that. Sure. Um, and it's it's hard, and it's tough, and it's, you know, me and my wife say foster care um, is not for everybody, but everybody can have a part in that, whether you support others around you, because there are a lot of children in foster care that need homes. Um, and you know, not to you know, point fingers or say why aren't why aren't uh, you the audience you know doing foster care? But I would encourage people to think about it or find somebody in their community that's doing that and come alongside them because it is hard. Um, it's you know you're dealing with the state, which is always a difficult thing, no matter what <laughs> state you live in. Um, and you know, if right around that time too is we got them in um, July, no June of 2020. So in the middle of COVID happening, um, a week after I found out I'm getting a new job at Disney, uh, we get the kids, you know, so it was a lot of, you know, I'm home all the time now. It was a lot of change all at once, but I really, you know, everything worked out as it should. Uh, there is no way we would have been able to have four children in the house if I wasn't working from home, especially with all the needs that those two um, siblings came with. You know, we got a boy and a girl. They were uh, three and four the time we got them. Um, the girl's birthday was the next week after we got them and the, the boy's birthday was a month later. Um, and it was hard and it's tough. And, and you know, these stories that we're going to talk about that Disney presents is really inspirational. And, you know, sometimes they gloss over the hard and that's okay because it doesn't always make a good movie. Um, but there is a lot of uh, moments of triumph and joy and love in it all. Um, so happy to talk about that and, and see, you know, maybe, you know, where these stories really hit the mark and how found family and beyond foster care, right? There, there are people that, um, friends can be that found family church, your, wherever you worship can be that found family. You know, there's lots of areas to find found family. And I think, you know, this world is set up where, um, we're getting more and more isolated. Um, and I think we need to look outside more as you know we we're talking you're working from home now uh which is a great thing i love working from home but we have to remember too like part of life is that interaction with others and, and helping others and i think um this is part of that and finding that finding the found family right exactly see now you know what we said about tony <laughs> I, I mean know. like we're we're underselling him i mean that's incredible stuff and you know you can hear it you know like like i said why he's the perfect person for this is not only does he have a wonderful family to begin with but then the found additions to his family which are now his full blown family yes. i mean and for yeah. for right. I, for two people, and we've met them all, and mm -hmm. they are lovely, lovely people. Yes. We, you know, we love your wife as well. Yes. She's spectacular. I give all kids. credit to her. Yeah, <laughs> as we all do. We all give them all. Our wives are definitely where you give credit for everything. Yeah. Yeah, um, you met us, but no picture. Yeah. I know. No <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> By the way, um, we, we talked about this on the episode. You may have heard it. We met with Justin Monorail and Casey last week. 
And of course we walked away. And then like an hour later, I'm texting him. I can't believe we didn't take a picture. It's just, it's so, just like, it's so RMO. You yes. know, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, you guys are so spectacular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been able to meet with you for a short period of time. We're looking forward to some long periods in the future, but you are really special people. And I think that, you know, it's, it's important to, to know that going into this, that how, how much uh, involved in family that you all are and how great your family mm-hmm. is as uh, basically, uh, you know, someone who's an expert on families and found families. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and I know, you know, you mentioned it's hard, but, you know, I, I'm sure that that is, you're being very modest about it because it, it's, it is a very unique experience to go through and the need to adapt is very different than, you know, it's always a big change in life, right? When we bring a, a baby home, but yeah. when you already have some children who already have some things going on in their lives and everything, it's, it's a different set of, of circumstances that you're going to deal with. And it yeah, uh, yeah. takes a lot more uh, patience and love and, <laughs> and what better family that can give that. Well. So. Thanks. I'll be honest. There were days where patience and love sure. were a little low. You know what I mean? Yeah, there were, there were exactly. days where Jen and I turned to each other. We're like, why are we doing this? Why are we putting ourselves through this torture? And then there were days where you're like, you know, there's that one moment and you're like, but that's, that's why. That's it. That's why. Yeah. That's yeah. all the reason. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So go ahead, Michelle. Keep this, keep all right. This so, going. you know, kind of thinking also of our guests here, I, I thought we'd kind of delve into a little bit with Lilo and Stitch. You know, mm. um, I think, it, you know, like I said, that kind of remind, reminds me of, uh, of you and, and your, your son, family. Your yeah. son Stitch. Son Stitch, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and um, kind of like it in a lot of these situations, there is some core family, right? So we have Lilo and Nani who, who are related. Um, but interestingly, in, in the movie, they kind of describe their situation as broken. I mean, that's how mm. they perceive it already. Um, but they but they stick with that that ohana in their heart, you know, and, and the that quote, ohana means family, and family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. And it, it, it is really such an iconic line that really encapsulates, you know, what's going on in that film and what's going to happen and everything. Um, you know, it, it is the driver of the character's actions and, and how they interact and, and what they end up doing. So, um, And it's the thing that basically kind of settles yeah, Stitch in, right, you know, right. he finally has this family unit to, to get involved with. Right, right exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a it's a beautiful thing because it is kind of like that. We have a couple of those signs that say Ohana means family, nice. and that that really is like you know encouraging our foster children and and our biological mm-hmm. boys too. It's like we are family. That doesn't change. Like you, mm-hmm. the the minute you guys stepped into our home, you're family. You know when right. and you know we went through two years of not knowing whether they were going to stay or not, but it doesn't matter. They were always going to be our family for the rest of our lives. They're going to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, you know, part of what I like about, too, about Lilo and Stitch is you have Cobra, the social worker, is so invested right. and, and helping them out. And we we were fortunate to have a great um, state worker with us, too, that made all the difference. And honestly, um, I didn't mention before, but the children we had were in many foster homes before us. Ooh. And they were they were kind of in a bad place before our home. Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. social worker, this, this state worker, was the one who noticed something was wrong. 
And that was over the phone, you know, that was during COVID. So he couldn't do visits and he noticed something was wrong and got them out of that house and found a new house. And I think, you know, that it, it's sometimes these movies can make fun of those, those state workers. And even I made a joke about the state earlier, but there are those workers <laughs> out there who right. this is, they dedicated their lives to, to help sure. these children as well. And I think Cobra in, in Lilo and Stitch is a good example of that too. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. Really right. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the driver for Stitch to realize that he does want to be accepted as a member of this family? Mm. Good question. You know, I felt sometimes like the foster children we had were much like mm -hmm. Stitch and mm -hmm. wreaking havoc. And I think it's, it's that knowing that there is a place to call home and people mm -hmm. to call home and, you know, Stitch was on the run, right? You know, he was right. uh, a fugitive. Uh, and, you know, some of these foster kids can feel like that as well. They go, like I mentioned, they go from home to home. to fi So finally, like, seeing people that love them unconditionally, where family, mm -hmm. Ohana means mm -hmm. family, that, that kind of settles. And we saw that with our own kids. And it takes time. You know, it's it's quicker than, you know, a 90-minute mm -hmm. movie. Um, but it right. takes time. And we, we're, <laughs> we're seeing that with the children of, like, that stability that those people around you that love you and will encourage you and help you um, really help settle them. And just beyond us too, like the community that was around us uh, was amazing. And, and the church mm -hmm. we go to was really amazing and stepping up and seeing that, that there's more than just, you know, mommy and daddy, there's these other people that care too. Um, so I think that that relates to Stitch too. You know, it was Lilo and Nani, but it was these these. You know, like I mentioned, Cobra and mm -hmm. you know David, Nani's boyfriend. Like there, there's a whole right. group there, um, and that helps settle. And you realize, yeah, this is my family. Yeah, and I think if you also look at Stitch, I mean, I mean, he went from being basically thought of as a monster. I mean, he was he didn't even have a name. He was experiment six two six, you know, and, and then he gets a name, so that's an attachment to something, you know. And, and then there are people who see him like like you said, the unconditional love of Lilo for Stitch, despite him doing all these terrible things. She's like, <laughs> no, you know, you're kind of like me. I've been I've acted out. I've done bad things. You know, the, the fact he gained an identity with his name, with the love, with the family. Well, the aspect. fact that she actually went through an adoption process right. yeah. with him, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think very it was symbolic. All very important to bringing him, you know, I mean, he's always going to be, Stitch is always going to be this mischievous, you know, kind of borderline personality <laughs> at times. And that's kind of what we end up actually loving about him in many right. regards. Yeah. But at the same point, you know, it was that love, that family, that identity that kind of, you know, brought him down to a, at least a, a reasonable level. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like in that consistency of giving love, even though there's that inherent feeling of distrust, like I don't want to open myself up to this family because I could be hurt mm -hmm. and you know, how to, how to go along and, and deal with that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's never an easy thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. anything else that you can think of? Not from Lilo and Stitch. You want to move on to the next? Sure. Sure. Unless you have anything there, Tony. No, no, that was a good discussion. All right. So I thought we'd go into the world of Marvel or the Marvel universe. Lots um, of found family I in know, the Marvel I universe. Know. Um, and thinking really Guardians of the Galaxy, you know. Yeah. I'm going to hit it on the nose, right <laughs> on the nose with the family there. 
you know, and, and again, kind of, I mean, other than like maybe Groot and Rocket being together, it, it really did seem like unlikely that any of these characters had anything in common or would ever really feel a need to come together, you yeah. know, but, but obviously, as we saw that not what happened they did come together um you know when, when i think of that film i i do see that they all have had issues with um trauma and alienation loss um and you know kind of seeing that shared history mm. helping contribute to the found family your thoughts yeah. tony yeah no i think that's a great example one i had on my list too and it, you really see that of starting with Peter's loss of his mother and just mm -hmm, being mm -hmm. angry and upset about that. And, and, you know, naturally, and then, you know, just uh, Gamora with Thanos as her dad and like Drax, his family getting killed, like, yeah, just awful tragedies. But it's sometimes those things are used, not that they're good, but they're used mm -hmm. to a greater purpose. Right. And it brought these people together and they right. kind of, you know, helped each other out, deal with those issues. Um, and really, you know, even seeing to Star-Lord, uh, seeing Yondu, like he, you know, Star-Lord kind of had in his head, like uh, how bad of a father figure he was when it turned out, you know, he wasn't like he protected Peter from a lot of things. Right. Um, well, especially when and, he saw his real father. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, sometimes it you need to find those people that have gone through something similar to help you work mm -hmm. through it. Right. And we see that right. with guardians and, you know, we see that even with my foster children, like being around, uh, we're fortunate enough to have some other families around us that have adopted mm -hmm. and gone through foster. And that helps them to see that they're normal, right. They're not necessarily right. the outcast. Like there are other people that have gone through this and that, that can help. Yeah, I mean, shared experience, I think, is is a huge yeah. factor mm -hmm, involved mm -hmm. with that in many regard. Obviously, all their experiences were a bit different, but mm -hmm. they all came from, <laughs> as you mentioned, Michelle, a place of trauma, essentially. Right. But um, the the fact that they could bond together over that trauma and, you know, and also, you know, the fact that they kind of complemented each other so well that, you know, that some strengths were other characters' weaknesses and they were able to you know, kind of put those pieces together and form this band, uh, 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 this family, and not be afraid to call each other out on it too, which right. I think we all know that's it's an important part of family is you can't just be agreeable all the time. Sometimes you got to be able to call out somebody when they when they do their, their worst and let them point out to them, like, look, this is when you need to do better. And I, I feel like the guardians often did that throughout the film yeah, for each other. Yeah. So my, I had a question, you know, for both of you here is, um, you know, with star Lord, he was kind of like the leader of, of this group. Um, but what do you think it was about him that really helped bring that, you know, form that family? Um, well, he's a good dancer. Uh, that helps. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> save the universe with it yeah, yeah exactly um, that's a great question I, you know I think he had um, a love for life uh, that definitely helps out he saw the fun side of things and sometimes mm -hmm. you need that you need to take people away from the seriousness of right. it all um, uh, and he had um, you know whether he would admit it or not I think he felt a purpose in life mm -hmm. um, 
and and they saw their purpose eventually towards the end of the first movie was to they were going to guard the galaxy like nobody else is doing this right let's right, do it our right. way and guard the galaxy yeah. kind of thing tom yeah. do you have any thoughts on that um you know for peter quill you know the thing about him is that he was the one that kind of i think he got out of all of them outside of maybe drax he had the at least to begin his life, maybe the most normal family. I mean, yeah, his mother got sick early on in his life, but he had several years as a child. Obviously, he loves his mother. The fact that he was able to, you know, he, he, this music that it basically infused into his life became such an important thing. And, you know, I mean, he also had his grandfather there, which he plays a very small part in the first movie and a very small part of the last movie, spoiler alert. Um, But I do believe that he was there kind of in the father's absence when Ego wasn't around. And I feel Mm -hmm. like there was that family aspect. So at least he had a little Mm -hmm. bit of that going into it. And then he had a father, an adopted father in Yondu, although, yeah, like you said already, um, that was a bit of an issue. Maybe even Peter didn't realize that how good he, he was at being a father for him until much later right. in his life. But he had that basis already. And, the, and whereas I don't believe the other guardians outside of Drax, he had a family, didn't really have that as much. And so right. he could kind of be that more, as funny as it says, it seems to say Peter Quill was grounded. He was maybe the most grounded of them all. And mm-hmm. it's kind of that something you need some, somebody to kind of be able to rally around. Right. Right. Um, so my other question for both of you is, uh, what would you say is some of your most um, favorable or endearing examples of when that family unit bond was really apparent in the film? Tony? Oh, um, let's see. Um, well, I mean, you think at the end of, the, the second movie like that final battle mm-hmm. in the second movie mm-hmm. or even, even the beginning of the the second movie where they're all working together uh cohe- cohesively except for um Groot at the time who just cared right. about uh <laughs> catching that bug but you know uh yeah you see them working together in the beginning and the end to, again towards that goal and really wanting to help each other out and them wanting to help star lord out with his his issues right they mm-hmm. they all could have mm-hmm. easily <laughs> left and not have to right. deal with that but they they stayed to help out their their leader their their father figure of that group star lord um and you know yondu sacrificed himself for that and that's really right. i mean kind of the ultimate expression of mm-hmm, parenthood right mm-hmm. i think all of us right. as parents would say we would give up our lives for our children mm-hmm. um and you know speaking of yandu too like you learn later on that yandu was protecting him from his mm-hmm. real dad and he never right. told mm-hmm. star lord and how many times as parents do we protect our children without them ever knowing what ever we're know. doing right. exactly. sometimes you don't realize until you're a parent yourself what your parents you know kind of did or sacrificed for you because so you kind of see that in in yondu and then you know guardians three you really see them all rallying around mm-hmm. star lord mm-hmm. who's who's again hurting over gamora right. and you know wanting to do everything they can to help uh rocket and then get him right. get him back and, and to health so right I, I mean, you go all the way back to the first movie. I mean, I think right near the end there, um, you know, you get Groot mm-hmm. basically sacrificing mm-hmm. himself, you know, stretching out to protect uh, all the other right, guardians yeah. and saying, we are Groot, you know, and just get them all together. I mean, I thought that, you know, that right there was maybe the one of the first moments where you see at least the initial group of guardians. Now there were more added on 
uh, later on. You know, it's right. interesting that this family has been uh, added to and subtracted to as we've gone through these first several movies. Um, but, you know, I thought that that was that moment when they fully pulled together and it was Groot that kind of was the yeah. guy or yeah. the tree right. that, that decided <laughs> to do it all. Yeah. yeah. No, totally agree with both of those or all several of those uh, examples. Yeah, I think one of the ones that was uh, humorous that kind of showed it was when they all were saying they were going to commit to a 12% plan. <laughs> they all each stood <laughs> right. up. And, you know. They're all standing. <laughs> Bunch of, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I mean, I think those films really did a great, um, great job of, getting to the heart and, and letting you feel what their emotions were and, and yeah. coming together as a family. You know, I also think that it's important when you're, you're talking about the guardians and the fact that, you know, I mean, obviously, well, hopefully none of us are as, as twisted and have had <laughs> as much trauma as they have all had, but we can all see a little aspect of, you know, one one or many of the guardians within yourselves, you know, things you, mm -hmm. they are very relatable in many regard, you know, you either yeah. are one of them or you know one of them, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is true. Any other examples or any other things that you think would be uh, really key to, to capturing this concept of found family with guardians or that I forgot to ask? I think no, one I thing that's interesting... I think one thing that's interesting, we've kind of touched on it a little bit here, is the fact that, you know, I mean, part the big part of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is Peter Quill actually meeting his father and, right. you know, finding him. And, you know, he thinks he's filled this gap that he's always been waiting for, that family that he's been waiting for is ego, mm -hmm. you know, and they, that they, they, they even have a catch and everything, you know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny, you know, um, but... As it turns out, like sometimes, you know, especially when you're talking about a father, there has been an absent father for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that go through this as well. A father that has been absent for their entire mm -hmm. life and suddenly wants to like, hey, you know what? Here I am. It's like, where have you been my entire life? And you mm -hmm. can take that and accept it or right. you can say, you know what? Maybe you're, you're you're still that same guy that left us and hasn't been around, you know? Meanwhile, there's Yondu over here that was in that role, right? you know, it, and the rest of the guardians there that are kind of filling that role, you know, it's, you know, blood is one thing. Sometimes it's great. Most of the time, blood family is the best. Mm -hmm. Sometimes found family is better. And I think yeah. in at least Peter Quill's case, um, in many regards, that's the way right. it was. You know? Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes that's something you have to, or you know, Peter or the, person has to find out for themselves right you can mm -hmm. say as much as you want and i i do jen and i think about that a little bit with our children you know their parents mm -hmm. were the greatest but we would never stop them from wanting when they get older to get in touch with them and you know sure. there there may be some resentment there right grass is always greener on the other side kind of thing right. but it's one of those things that you just again you support that person and you're there for them if it mm -hmm. if it's a success and it works out fantastic if it doesn't we're there to help you right yeah. Right. Well, as you heard in that episode that you referenced earlier when Michelle was talking about her daughter, I mean, there was a big concern on Michelle's part of 
when they first met, would there be some resentment there? Mm -hmm. Would there be some issues? And, you know, did she make the right decision? And, you know, luckily it all worked out that Mm -hmm. there wasn't that. It was the best case scenario for all parties involved. And so, you know, it's always a concern, but sometimes, and sometimes it's the case. Sometimes it works out exactly as you hope it will. Right. Exactly. Well said. All right. Well, then, uh, thinking maybe the best jumping point here is to go into Star Wars. Yeah. And I think that we need to go into probably the biggest. I mean, I think, again, Star Wars, plenty of found family in Star Wars. From the beginning. But I think probably the greatest found family in recent times, and especially Mm Disney-owned, is probably in Star Wars Rebels. I think you'd agree with that, Michelle. Oh, yeah. I definitely. Uh, uh, It is such a a great example of found family. And it's one of those that you just continue to see it develop and, and the, and then become closer and closer and just very much all the components of a real family. And I think, you know, part of that, a huge part of that is that I think that you almost have a actually real family dynamic in there that there's a mother, there's a father, there's brothers yeah. and sisters or cousins <laughs> or whatever you yeah. want to talk about it. Um, Tony, what are your thoughts on Star Wars Rebels and maybe the found family within that? Uh, love it. Uh, Rebels is one of my favorite topics. It's one of my favorite Star Wars things. Um, I, and honestly, I think the best thing that Disney has done with Star Wars Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right, Tom. I think there is like a family dynamic built in there, right? You have Kanan, um, as the father figure, you have Ezra and Zeb as kind of those brothers that, that fight older and younger brother. You have, um, you know, the sister there and it, and you have that foundation almost like Star-Lord, right? Like he had that beginning foundation and Ezra had that big beginning foundation with a good mother and father that helped, you know, set him up for success. And, you know, through unfortunate events, they're no longer there, but at least it right. set him down that path. And even, you know, you see, um, see that family grow and you see some weird uncles in that family and, you know, Lando <laughs> comes in and, and, um, Hondo, Hondo, yes, thank you. Good old Uncle Hondo. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But then you even see the bad of it too. You see kind of Darth Maul come in there and try to lure Ezra away from that family and and do something he shouldn't. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, intrigued by that for a little bit as well. But Mm -hmm. Rebels is a great example. I mean, Star Wars is full of this, right? I mean, you have the Luke and Leia being adopted right in the beginning. But yeah, I think um, Rebels is a great example of showing that cohesive family unit and it's it's all found family and it's a great example of again when you when you see that loving each other and a common goal and that you're you're there for each other no matter what right you know they were Mm -hmm. family they were going to help each other out no matter what to the point where you know spoiler alert for a you know eight-year-old show at this point where (laughs) Kanan sacrifices himself to save his family and, you know, I think knowing that he has a child there too, an unborn child, but, you know, sacrificing himself for his unborn mm-hmm. child too. Like it's a, it's a beautiful picture of that, that found family. Michelle, oh, yeah. I think you should talk about this because I know it's such a, you're such a big fan with Rebels. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but you know, I do, I, you know, first of all, in how they tell the story, I love that they do joke about you know, when they get their parents are mad and, and, you know, all that interaction, like you said, of siblings and things like that, that, that they even recognize it and, and helps, 
I think that makes it even more endearing because they're like, okay, we're accepting of each other as our family. It's not even, it's, it's not unspoken. It's just called out there, you know? And I, and I think that is amazing. You know, I, I do think, um, that they each play a role obviously in helping develop each other to be better, you know? Um, and, and, kind of like what we said with, with our guardians, sometimes calling out people for how they're doing it, you know, when um, they were trying to, well, I was thinking of several things, um, but like <laughs> teach Sabine how to um, wield the dark sword. The dark saber, yeah. The dark saber. And, you know, how she was struggling, you know, and, you know, you would think the perfect mentor to help her would be successful, but it wasn't. And, you know, and, and saying, okay, hey, we need to step back and, and reevaluate how to do this. And, and everybody kind of had comments about that. And I mean, not just, I mean, it was obviously it was, Sabine was very upset with Kanan during those, that series of episodes. Um, and, you know, Ezra was there to say, you know, look, this is the way Kanan is. But also they were there to say, look, Kanan, you know, maybe you need to approach Sabine a little differently than you did Ezra, you know, and how right. you're doing it. So like you talked about calling yeah. each other or out. saying using a stick isn't probably what she needs to be trained, yeah. you know, and, and giving yeah. her more credit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, see Star Wars Rebels, by the way, if you haven't. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so good. But that, that relates, you know, it reminded me of our situation too, uh, not mm -hmm. to always bring it back to that, but like, sure. you know, we raised our two biological boys in a certain way. And here we had two other children. And in the beginning, we expected them to act and be, act and behave the same exact way and do things right. exactly as we did before. When that that's not going to work. They came from a different background. They have a whole different right. history there where we, Jen and I had to learn how to parent them differently and even different right. from each other based on their, their needs and their wants. And we see that as you said, Michelle, perfectly in Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, in many regards, it's it's very, there are a lot of aspects that you see within Guardians of the Galaxy that we already talked about that you see in Star Wars Rebels. They're not as, they haven't gone through quite the trauma, but there is a level of trauma for virtually everybody yeah. there than the, mm -hmm. the ghost crew that has been having to put together. Um, there's been loss. There's been, you know, planets that have been, basically wiped out, you know, mm. for them. The, uh, there's There was a lot there that they've had to take on and the, the bond that they had with one another, the way that they were willing to always come back for one another, to support one another, to sacrifice, as Tony brought up, for right. one another. Um, very much what is the basis of a good family in many regards. Right. I mean, they were, they had made, decisions together to carry these burdens, you know, but Tony, kind of like what you said, you know, you, you sometimes question why, why are we doing this? You know, but that's where then the support of everybody coming together, or like you said, people external, other support systems that, that you have, you know, within your, your own family community to help guide you. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just think, you know, again, if you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, Go watch it. It's yeah, so good. Yeah. It's oh. it's so well done. Um, and it gets, you know, it's 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 good for the kids too. Like if you because it's it's there is some really good fun episodes, mm -hmm. some good character building episodes, 
But man, there's some really good Star Wars lore in there too. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, some really deep stuff that you wouldn't expect from an animated series on. You know, basically, what was what is it? Disney XD was what when yep. it first was on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yep. it's you know, it's not what you would expect to get so much background into the world, the history of 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 the Star Wars universe. Right. Yeah, it's one of those series that you know, once you've seen it through and you love it, you want to watch it again. But there's, it's hard sometimes to watch it again <laughs> because you 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 get so endeared with these characters. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you were right, Tom. It's really a good family show. I mean, my boys and I bonded over it. It's one of the first things because the movies, cool. I don't think, yeah, the Force Awakens didn't come out yet. So it's one of the mm -hmm. first like Star Wars things that we really bonded over. And we, it was an appointment viewing, like where every week we were watching it. And then they would have these YouTube shorts about the episode uh, every week after that. We would sit down and watch those. And it was, yeah, it's I, yeah, oh, highly recommended. Yeah, um, it's really a great jumping on point for younger, I mean, yeah. not super young, but for younger kids to, to kind of get into Star Wars and find it because I think that there are stories that are relatable. The family aspect is, you know, basically what a lot of kids have going on. That's basically their life, their family at school. Um, there's a lot of family. And I think that it's really, it's easy for kids to embrace this and kind of find out more about, about Star Wars for sure. Right. I think the other thing we see in Rebels um, is what families go through as also as their children grow into adulthood and how mm. parents then have to see how that relationship is to support them to kind of go out in the world. Your thoughts, Tony? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you see that Ezra kind of grows up, right? And mm -hmm. Kanan kind of has to take a step back and let him make his own decisions. And he knows like Maul or even, um, you know, uh, Hondo Anaku may not be the best person for him to go with. But right. again, like, how can Hondo to, not be the best yeah. person? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but um, they have to realize it. And, you know, I see that, you know, I have a 16 year old, you know, Sparrow 16 mm -hmm. now. And it's like, wow you can't you can't be that helicopter parent like you have to back off and let them make those decisions and knowing that you know what they're going to make the wrong decision sometimes and you have to be right. there to help help them pick up the pieces yeah right right without being judgmental and yeah although that's not always easy and yeah. i think we see that in the films too that yeah, yeah. it's a it's human a real struggle right. it's human nature yeah right. i mean you got to find that balancing point between the two of being supportive but also being you know, there it is like, hey, you know, I told you so. Right, right. <laughs> Listen to me sometimes. I know you're getting 16, yeah. but, you know, sometimes I'm still. I've, I've been a little longer. wisdom, not much. Yeah, right, little, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always apparent to a teenager, but. <laughs> no, no. Any others you want to touch on, Tony, that maybe we, I mean, I know there's so many, but are there any really ones that kind of you, you think shine a spotlight on found family out there yeah we'll do some some uh add-ons uh i think going yeah. back to marvel um spider-man mainly you see this mm -hmm. in the comic books a little bit in the movies mm -hmm. the marvel movies but i mean spider-man lost his parents and you know his mm -hmm. aunt and uncle basically adopted him and you know right. you see that 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 story there of how they became his parents and that that love they had for each other um really as a kid you know i spider-man's my favorite superhero so that really struck me um tarzan is a good example of that too um you know tarzan loses his parents and the gorillas show adopt tarzan um you know kind of a weird not you know not right. wouldn't happen in real life but that story that's of found point. family as well 
Uh, I think the the latest remake of Pete's Dragon is a good example mm. of that. There's this, you know, this boy in the woods lost his parents. I think if I remember correctly, it was like a car accident and he's lost in the woods and nobody knows. And he's there for years and he befriends uh, the dragon and then he gets adopted by by this family. And that story of like um, trusting this kid. Right. Nobody believes that there's a dragon um, kind of thing. So I think that's a good example. Um, going to TV, Boy Meets World. You know, uh, Corey's, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Boy Meets World. I loved it. And Jen and I joke that we're Corey and Topanga sometimes because we're young <laughs> high school sweethearts and they got married on the show right around when we got married. But like Sean, his best friend, you know, he he had issues with his parents and he he um, lived with his teacher for a year in the season. And then, um, you know, later on, you know, he almost becomes like a brother to Corey and in that family. So I think that's a good example of found family where it doesn't always end up in, in adoption, but you can find those mm-hmm. people around you that really feel like family and, and support you uh, no matter what. Um, and then I'll do one more. The, the most recent Doctor Who Christmas episode actually goes heavily into um, foster mm-hmm. care and adoption. And it's a really interesting aspect of it to see um, the newest companion on that show. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Doctor Who at all. Are you? A little bit. I mean, yeah. I don't think we're, we're not really into it, but we've we okay. a little Much bit, a little you, bit. You yeah. More in but the past, yeah, yeah. The, the newest, the newest companion is adopted um, by a mother, but it's, they've had um, you know, dozens of foster children go through their house and they mm-hmm. kind of, you'll have to watch the latest one, but it kind of goes through like it, sometimes in this world, we get the aspects of people are just doing this for money. They're foster caring for money and you hear that mm-hmm. sometimes and it's an awful thing but honestly one it's not enough money to get by to do it but like you see the through time travel and a weird story this lady if she did do it for money how miserable her life is but when she does it for the love and helping of the children how it, her life is improved and joyous and happy and it was kind of a cool aspect i didn't really expect that in uh in dr yeah. who but i would recommend dr who. i like dr who. Yeah, yeah check that out uh, yeah we've been meaning to catch up on dr who we watched yeah. it way back in the long time ago but <laughs> yeah it, it, we've been talking about it at times like yeah. yeah we need to get back into dr who for sure yeah and we got to mention the muppets i mean huh yeah yes i mean course. you look at that first muppet movie right and they found each other all for the same goal and really kermit being the father figure there of rallying and you know, it, I, what I like about Kermit is he has those moments of being down. And it's like, why does everybody always rely on me? Why do I have to do everything? And he goes through the moments. And I think we all go through those moments. And then we're like, all right, I'm done with my pity party. And you, you know, mm-hmm. pick yourself up by the bootstraps and you continue on and you help everybody. And the Muppets are, you know, I mean, who doesn't love the Muppets? But right. um, it's, it's just that they found each other and really helped each other and were there for each other. And then you go to Muppets Take Manhattan and they found out that, you know, Kermit's in trouble and they all rally around and, and come mm-hmm. back and and you know it's it's a great thing. I love the Muppets. Oh yeah. 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 Loves the Muppets. Oh. Hashtag save the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um for sure. I, I'm gonna throw one more out there and you know it's funny to think that pieces of fabric and plastic could be family, but mm-hmm. I think the Toy Story gang is mm-hmm. definitely found family in yeah. for many <laughs> in many ways. Um because uh they all come from different places, different stores. Al's Toy Barn, who right. <laughs> Woody came from. Yeah, I mean, they are all from different places, but they all were, form this wonderful family unit for right, sure. Right, yeah. yeah. And one that we just are in love with. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So many. I mean, we could just keep going on and on. I know that they're you're out there screaming your favorite found (laughs) families out there throughout the uh, the Disney universe or the various IP. Um, Yeah, we will definitely touch on this again in the future. Yeah, I have a question still is why do you think audiences are gravitate to this? You know, why is it so endearing? Or, and I use that word a lot, and, and I apologize. But why is it a, a concept that people seem to be more favorable towards than even just watching a regular standard family that's, you know, having a story that they're they're living? Michelle has the best questions. <laughs> um, I, I think part of it is seeing that hero's journey and overcoming, like there's always some kind of, tragedy and unfortunately you know that that's life right always something goes wrong to to see somebody triumph over that but not by themselves to see them have others rally around and that's what we really we we want right we want to be part of a group we want to be loved we -hmm. want to know that people have our back no matter what that we want to know that there's that unconditional love there um and i think you know a lot of times with the movies it's just you need that first piece, you know, I always think of Finding Nemo, um, you know, that that everything is happy and then there's that tragedy in the beginning. But you kind of need that to see um, how far they grow from that. Right. right? Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's part of that. And just, you know, we all have that need to be loved and wanted and that unconditional love. And, and to see that in the movies just kind of, you know, makes it makes you feel good to see, hey, they they overcame it. They found their found right. family like I can, too. That's a great right yeah, perspective. I, I, yeah. I completely agree with that. I think that's very well said, Tony. I, I would actually throw in also the fact, and I, I brought this up a little bit earlier, that you know a lot of us can see ourselves in some of these characters, see what part of this family it is, or see the family dynamic and, and, and think about how you would fit into it yourself. And uh, what spot am I? Am I, you know, if you're going to talk about Star Wars Rebels, am I an Ezra? Am I a Sabine? Right. You know, right. am I a Zeb? Am I a chopper? <laughs> you, know, you never know. Yeah. Or am I a Hera or, you right. know, or a Kanan? You know, I mean, the, I, I think that there's an aspect of that that it's relatable in many regards to people. You know, right. I, I, I just think it's it's just one of those things that we can all, it's the shared experience of everything. Right. Well, kind of going with what you were saying too, Tony, is that, you know, that people this need for love and acceptance. And I, and I think that these stories tell us that no matter what our faults are or what decisions we make that we even feel like we regret, that there's hope that still we could be accepted by somebody and it wouldn't have to just be a biological family that may or may not be even around you at that time in your life. And that that these relationships can happen any time of your life, that it doesn't also have to be just with, you know, friends who are younger and then they grow up together or something. Yeah. No, I I think up is a good example of that too, right? Mm -hmm. Where you see, you know, Russell needing that father figure in his life, but Carl not realizing he needs somebody else to to love after the loss of Ellie. And like, you know, the end of that movie is kind of him realizing they both need each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and really, that's what Jen and I found, too, is, you know, we started out wanting to help children, but realizing, you know, they're helping us, too, right? Mm-hmm, they filled mm-hmm. a gap. We didn't necessarily know that that was there. And and now we can't imagine our lives without those two children in our house. So, right. Yeah. 
That's wonderful. Very cool. See, like I said, this is why we brought him on. Yeah. He's the expert. (laughs) Exactly. There's no better family man. There's no better family you're going to find out there than Tony the Disney dad's family. That's for sure. And that's why, Tony, it's great. You, you, you came up with some examples that I hadn't even thought about in terms of, of uh, found family in these stories. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, personally, you guys are found family to us because, mm-hmm. you know, we reached out. We feel too. <laughs> you, you know, we reached out when you put that special episode and you really encouraged us the whole time from that moment on. You were always there encouraging us, whether it be through social media, liking our posts or commenting or even when we met you just, the, you know, just treating us like family when we met you in Disney World, despite not having a picture. Um, it was, you know, well, we don't take pictures with the family either. So yeah, exactly. Real family. So, so it's, it's a okay. cool thing, like real life that having that, yes. that bound family and, and you guys are, our family. Oh, thank you. Well, I, and it goes for you too. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that as soon as we put out that message about Michelle's mother passing away, you were one of the mm-hmm. first people to reach out to us mm-hmm. and, um, it touched us deeply. Yeah. I know it touched Michelle. Very oh, for deeply. sure. Um, for sure. It meant but, so much. Yeah. But, um, you are our family. Yeah. You are, you're part of our found family. That's for sure. Um, there's I mean, no question about it. We've talked about how we, you know, we love doing the podcast together. It's t- fun time that Tom and I have, whether it's, you know, just bantering different topics that we could discuss or just setting the time aside together that this is our time. Um, I, never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought that it would produce something as such a close, dear family friendship that we have with you all and, and your family that this is this is like a hundred time bonuses of yeah. doing this podcast. So. Oh, very sweet. Thank you. We feel the same way. Like that's it's one of the things you don't realize when you do a podcast and you put yourselves out there like you you make these connections and it and it right. means a lot and you know it yeah oh thank you yeah it does so so like i said you know why we brought him on right. you can see why we brought him on one he's a great guy but he's a great family man mm-hmm. knows his stuff um tony i i know you're not active doing podcasting anymore but you do do some interesting stuff still you do put some good stuff out on social media do you want to let anybody know where they can find you on social media yeah uh, yeah, you can always uh, find me at Disney underscore discuss. Um, because we're not giving that up because that podcast <laughs> is going to come back someday. I'm maybe one you. day, maybe one day. I always have thoughts. <laughs> but yeah, no, follow me there. You know, we uh, we when we do our trips to Disney, we post things there or interesting mm-hmm. thoughts and stuff. So not not every day, but, you know, it's I think we're an interesting follow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I completely agree with your world celebration take the other day because uh, no. 100 yeah. percent. Um, I, you know, I loved Epcot the way it was there in that area. Right. But, that world celebration area is stunning. Yeah, it's so much better. People forget. Yeah, the fountain was great. Right. right. But there was these weird tent things. Mm-hmm. It was hot in that area. Like yes. mm-hmm. it. This garden is beautiful. The music mm-hmm, they have right. is going. The lights is beautiful. This is an upgrade, guys. This is just the upgrade. comfortable places to sit and take it <laughs> yeah. all in. It's it is good. It's oh really yeah. Good. Well, even just seeing, uh, we were talking about it when we were out there last week. The um, some of the the imaging on the walls and and how it's very much like remind you of Spaceship Earth and everything. And it just mm-hmm. all comes together. It's very cohesive yeah. and yeah. 
It's, yeah. it's amazing. It took them a long yeah. time, but they did it right. And yeah. yes. Still still opening up. So I, I think it's going <laughs> to even be better here. Yeah, um, for sure. Several months. but And you get to see the on. vault now. I mean, how can oh, you my right. God. love that? Oh, <laughs> so good. It's touching. So good. That, that statue is so good. Yeah. I love they it. Did, they did a good job there, for sure. Well, Tony, thank you. Thank you for giving your perspective. Um, thank you for joining us. We always love talking with you, but we always really appreciate uh, y- you have such an interesting outlook on some of these topics that we, we bring up with you. And so we really, really appreciate uh, you coming on once again. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. You guys are, you know, really are the, the podcast of positivity. I love it. We need more positivity in this world and, and keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Coming for you, that means a lot. Thanks again, Tony. Of course. I just can't get over how such a great person Tony is and it's just he was he brought so much to that conversation so much life experience and so much insight um it was just so good to have him on talking found families yeah I couldn't say it any better honey yeah and I I do really appreciate that his personal experiences bring such special perspective when we're talking about this theme of found family and stories for sure. So very much appreciate that he took the time to share that. With yeah. Us. Um, really good stuff from Tony as it always is. Every time we bring him on, it's always a lot of fun and he always brings a, a really interesting aspect to right. uh, whatever our conversation might be and definitely to this show. So thank you again, Tony. We really, really appreciate it. And we love you and your family, of course. Now, before we get into this Disney stories of the week, you know, we have to talk about our great friend, Nate with Main Street and more travel. Because let's face it, we all have trips we're thinking about taking in the very near future. Well, if you do, whether it be to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, or anywhere in the world beyond, let me tell you, Nate is the certified Disney vacation planner that you are going to want to get in contact with. Oh my gosh, for sure. You know, as we, you know, mention all the time, he really has firsthand knowledge of things so he can really help you plan, customize a a trip that is going to be the best for you, answer your questions. It's really concierge level planning that doesn't cost you anything. High end. It is high end stuff that he will help you out with answer all your questions. He is there for you to make sure your trip, wherever it may be, be the best it possibly can be. And as Michelle mentioned, no extra cost to you. That's because either Disney or whatever other travel branch that he works through pays him for you. Your What you end up paying is exactly what you pay. If you did all that work yourself, only you can save that time and just relax and enjoy and let him set it all up for you. Right. And you know what? He may even be able to save you some money from you doing it alone because he is on top of all the deals and steals that are out there. Yeah. There's never a guarantee, but let me tell you, if there's a discount out there, Nate will find it for you. So what you got to do is go to distripsandmore.com, fill out the form there and just contact him, talk to him, tell him what you want to do and let him get to work for you. Right. So as Tom mentioned, once you fill out that form, Nate will be back in touch with you to start that planning, but be sure to tell him that Tom and Michelle sent you. Yeah. Again, that's Nate 
with Main Street and more travel. All right, let's go ahead and get to the Disney stories of the week. (laughs) There is a Disney story to get to, and then there's a little something else we want to get to as well. So I'll start with the Disney story of the week, and that is a freshly reimagined resort opens officially at the happiest place on earth. Yeah, very Very cool looking. It is very cool looking. This from the Disney Parks blog. They said on Tuesday, they're celebrating the grand opening of Pixar Place Hotel at the Disneyland Resort. It's the first fully Pixar-themed hotel in the United States, inspired by the artistry and innovative storytelling of Pixar Animation Studios. The 479-room hotel is filled with nods to beloved films from Toy Story to Ratatouille and Elemental. In fact, there's a nod to every Pixar feature film to date in that hotel. Yeah, it's just amazing. And actually, uh, if you go to our website, we posted a blog today with a lot of details of how to have that immersive, unique Pixar kind of experience and lots of details of what you'll find there. There are a lot of ways in that hotel to have a very Pixar immersive, as well as heading over, of course, to the parks. But right there in that hotel, I liked what I saw, Yeah, uh, what they did to refresh that hotel. And we already liked that hotel. Right. But right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice. It's got some really great theming and special special things to experience. For sure. Going back to the opening day celebration, Kachow! Lightning McQueen, <laughs> Mater, and more Pixar pals made a special visit to celebrate the hotel's opening day dedication alongside Disneyland Resort President Kevin, Ken Potrock and Pixar Animation Studios Chief Creative Officer Pete Docter. Uh, Doctor, who is, of course, the Oscar-winning director of Monsters, Inc., Up and Inside Out, spoke to the creative collaboration between Pixar Animation Studios and Walt Disney Imagineering, who together bring so many favorite stories to life in Disney parks. He said, quote, at Pixar, our mission is to tell great stories, and nothing is more exciting than when we see these stories come to life in Disney parks. Pixar Place Hotel at the Disneyland Resort is the perfect example. It's like walking into a world of Pixar. It's truly immersive, and we're thrilled to have collaborated with Walt Disney Imagineering to make such an experience possible for guests, end quote. Yeah. So, yeah, really cool. Um, So some of the things that... We notice that are happening there as of the opening day or the opening day. They're like the hotel's been open, but the official opening day right. since it's being reimagined. Um, the, they brought some stories come to life, including Bing Bong from Inside Out made his worldwide debut. Uh, of course, this part cat, part elephant, part dolphin, imaginary <laughs> friend is now greeting guests at Pixar Place Hotel. That's the first time ever that he has been in anywhere guests. in the world. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's exciting. That Who is. doesn't love Bing Bong? Oh, sure. for sure. Yeah, that is so cool. Also, I really love this. All the way from the Half Note Jazz Club, it's Joe Gardner from Soul. You may find him getting lost in the music as he plays piano near the hotel lobby staircase when you're there. I know. That's got to be super special. I would just sit there in the lobby and just watch him play. I know. I I agree. That is so cool. I like that little touch. Yes. There's um, so many great things that they have. Yeah, I'm not going to get to everything because it's there's a lot yeah. that they did Go to there. our blog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> go, to the, go to the blog. HyperiaVenturesPodcast.com. <laughs> Uh, The iconic Pixar ball and lamp now welcomes guests in the front lobby entrance with an abstract mobile of Pixar characters floating from the skylight above. You may even catch a glimpse of Carl and Ellie's house from up as it travels up and down the lobby elevator. So cute. That's fun. 
The lobby is vibrant, colorful blend of different art galleries. Seven giant portraits of Pixar characters surround the front desk, including Sully from Monsters, Inc. and Merida, one of our favorites from Brave. These portraits depict characters at pivotal moments in their journeys when they are discovering their world, a piece of what they of who they are and the, for the very first time. Nearby, you'll also see uh, maquettes of Elastigirl from The Incredibles and Flick from A Bug's Life and more. So many wonderful touches. Yeah, and tons of Easter eggs throughout. So it's a place that you can go in and enjoy, you know, and good eateries that anybody can mm-hmm. can participate in so and there's a new music score there that was specifically right. composed just for pixar place hotel uh taking those influences from pixar and yeah. um, kind of reimagining that as well into right. some of the music really you'll hear around the resort yeah so very cool um i'm glad i love what they did with it i wasn't sure when they first talked about it i'm like i think it'll be cool but i'm not sure how much they'll go into it right they went they, they really did the uh, a wonderful job from what i've seen and what fr- we've seen some people who were able to visit there for the first couple right, of days right, since exactly. it opened. They said it, it looks really great. It is spectacular. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait to check it out for ourselves eventually. <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay, we have to... Wait, uh, I got one more Disney. Oh, you got a Disney story. Oh, good, because Michelle's Disney stories <laughs> are always the best Disney stories. Michelle, what you got? Well, I'm not sure if it's a Disney story, but I, I do think it's something important. If anybody is interested in participating in Run Disney's Disneyland ha- Halloween half marathon weekend. I think you should be interested. We're yeah. interested. We won't be doing it, unfortunately, but we're interested. There. Right, right. But anyways, if, if you are planning to participate, general registration opens up on February 13th. That's Tuesday, February 13th, 7 a.m. for Pacific time, folks, and 10 a.m. Eastern time, folks. Um, those things fill up fast. So if you really are thinking about it and really want to, or you want to set yourself a goal to do something, uh, Go ahead and register because yep. it's coming up. Coming up in just a couple of weeks. Yep. So be ready because those things go quickly. And I have a feeling that one's going to go right. quickly with that theming. And they've already you know, shown some of the pictures of the theming for the various races. And right. it looks it's amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm excited. Wish we could make it this year, maybe sometime in the future. But it looks great for sure. Okay. So we're, <laughs> we're done with the Disney stories now. Yes. Okay. So we can move on to another theme park. Yes, we are a Disney theme park, Disney in general podcast. We focus on Disney, but that doesn't mean we don't respect what's going on at other theme parks. And we like it. We like that there are great things going on at the theme parks because competition is a good thing. It drives both. And we just like good, positive theme park news in general. So we need to talk about something that came out yesterday and that was of course, well, yesterday from when we're recording, when we're recording. Yes. Um, (laughs) That was that with the announcement, or we already knew that Epic Universe was coming at Universal, but we got a little bit more of a glimpse because they've been kind of like, yes, this is happening, but they've not been really explained what all the different areas of it will be up until now. Yesterday, they let us know. Yeah. Cats out of the bag. The speculation is over. This is what's going to happen here. So this came from usatoday.com. They said plans have been tightly under wraps for years, but Universal, Universal Orlando released its first official details on the coming park on Tuesday. Here's a quote. Universal Epic Universe marks a huge transformational moment for Universal Orlando Resort, and it will change everything about our destination, Universal Orlando's President and Chief Operating Officer Karen Irwin said in a statement. 
She went on to say, this will be the exciting culmination of our amazing growth over the past 30 plus years and will transform Universal Orlando into a week-long vacation destination filled with the most thrilling experiences imaginable, end quote. And let me tell you, when you go through this, I tend to agree with her in many regards. Yeah, absolutely. So here's what fans can expect from Universal's fourth Florida park. Epic Universe will feature five new worlds with more than 50 awe-inspiring attractions, entertainment, dining, and shopping experiences, according to a press release from the resort. Here are the new lands. First will be Celestial Park, which will be the first world guests enter at the park. It will feature relaxing gardens, a wet play area, a grand carousel, and Starfall Racers, a dual-launching racing roller coaster with 5,000 feet of track and speeds up to 62 miles per hour. Michelle, we know you'll be rushing to get on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's got my name written all over it. <laughs> Celestial Park will also serve as a gateway to Epic Universe's four other worlds, which will be accessed through themed portals. So it seems like this is almost... You know, comparing it to Disney, but obviously in a very different way. Almost their Main Street USA down to the hub to these other lands. Speaking of those other lands, we'll go through them here. Dark Universe will delight fans of Universal's popular Halloween Horror Nights. Universal says guests can expect to encounter everything from experiments of Dr. Victoria Frankenstein in the shadowy landscape where monsters roam in a world of myth and mystery. Ooh. I think it's kind of there's a there's a cool aspect of this because you know from when I grew up going to Universal now and this was Universal Hollywood but a big aspect of Universal Hollywood was the classic monsters many of the original monster films that you think of including yes Frankenstein right. Dracula the mummy a lot of those the, the real you know the, the classic ones that you think of back to even the silent days were filmed in the Universal lot. Right. And so there was a lot of emphasis early on to those classic monsters. Now, it sounds like they're advancing this more than just to the classic monsters, but I like that there's going to be a little revisit of that within the park. Right, right. It, you know, it, it gets that connection with the past, but still, you know, fresh enough for people who aren't super old. Yeah, completely. 100%. So I think that's really cool. Uh, The next land is How to Train Your Dragon, Island of Burke. Uh, This will give fans of the How to Train Your Dragon franchise a chance to finally soar with dragons like Hiccup, Astrid, and their fellow dragon riders do on screen. It looks cool. Yeah. And that's great because that is such a, a wonderful... A group of storylines anyways, and that so many ages can appreciate mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of something that so many ages can appreciate, Super Nintendo World, mm-hmm. which made its U.S. debut at Universal Studios Hollywood last year, will bring guests into a fan-favorite video game franchise for adventures with Mario, Princess Peach, and more. Nice. Mm-hmm. Here's the one that has me excited. <laughs> The Wizarding World of Harry Potter Ministry of Magic is a third Harry Potter land. Yeah, that's awesome. Will be an all new land that blends 1920s Wizarding Paris from Warner Brothers Pictures, Fantastic Beast films, and the iconic British Ministry of Magic from the Harry Potter series, according to Universal Orlando, which is already, of course, home to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Hogsmeade and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Diagon Alley. I would like just to pass just to go only to all the wizarding worlds right. in that. I would yes. be happy with that because I mean, not that you know, Universal doesn't have other great things right. to offer, but the wizarding world 
is so immersive and wonderful. And we love the Harry Potter films that I would just love to just do that. Right, for sure. And I think you captured it the way I would have said it. it they, they all provide such a truly immersive experience. Um, it is wonderful. And I'm glad they, they're expanding too. Right, for sure. There's also a newly announced Universal Helios Grand Hotel, which will be located inside Epic Universe at the end of Celestial Park. It will feature 500 rooms and its own access to the park. I'm sure that's going to be kind of their higher end right. kind of like a flagship. Resort yeah. for sure. The fact that you'll be right there within the park. Uh, that hotel is in addition to the previously announced Universal Stella Nova Resort and the Universal Terra Luna Resort, which are opening early next year. So uh, we don't have a date yet for when Epic Universe is open. We just know it's sometime in 2025. But mm -hmm. you see the shots on social media. Everything is making progress right. out there. It looks phenomenal. Um, I'm excited for this. I'm happy for Universal. And I'm also can't wait to see what Disney does next to right. kind of because, you know, like I said, before competition is a good thing right you get too stagnant you just kind of rule the roost you know sometimes you 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 need to have be knocked off that that perch for a little bit right and come back firing so right. i can't wait to see what uh, disney comes up with because i do believe that this is going to be the year especially with d23 expo mm -hmm. coming up this year that we are going to get some real impact things even in i know we're we've already heard a little bit about disneyland um, but we're going to hear some more. I'm convinced this is going to be the year for Walt Disney World. Right. Well, I mean, we've already shared it at previous episodes how Disney uh, has committed, the company has committed to really investing tons of money now for their parks and seeing some what's going to be realized through that that funding is going to be exciting. Yeah. I don't know if like if Disney's going to say we're going to open up a fifth gate right. or anything right. like that, right. anything that nuts. Um, but I do believe we're going to see, you know, that there's going to be some big announcements of what's going to happen at Walt Disney World. I really believe that that's right. coming this year. Well, and, you know, their investments with having very high tech, newer type of attractions that mm -hmm. are, you know, pretty cool. I think we're going to be hearing some more of that, too. Yeah, excited to see. And excited for everybody who is a Universal fan. Right. Um, we may be making, I'm telling you, when this place is opens up and just because for the Harry Potter experiences alone, right. now that we have three of them. Um, we may need to make a few more efforts to go out there yeah. to Universal. And we've got great friends that love Universal and go all the time. Um, they're just, it hasn't always been the park for us because we're not the thrill ride. And right. I always think of Universal more as a thrill ride mm -hmm. park and the Halloween Horror Nights, which doesn't really speak to us either, you right. know. So it really hasn't called out to us. But there's a lot of cool stuff here that I think might draw us over there to visit from time to time in between all our many Oh, Disney for sure. Visits, and yeah. Scott is also a big Harry Potter fan mm -hmm. that I think, you know, it's time to get him to feel that immersion into Harry Potter's 100%, world. 100%, 100%. So that's great news. Um, like I said, happy for Universal. This is a Disney, Disney podcast through and through, but we are willing to give respect when yeah. great big announcements like this happen to other wonderful theme parks. For sure. Yeah, exactly. So that's it for the Disney and apparently Universal stories of the week. <laughs> However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because she's fantastic. She's wonderful. <laughs> she's all things great. Please. 
You know she has the best list. Heck, she has the best topics. You heard that a little bit earlier. <laughs> One thing is almost always for certain. As a matter of fact, it's always for certain. She always has the best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. Okay. So thank you, sweetie. That was very kind. I hope I can live up to that. But anyways, my tip is still, I'm in that Disney cruise mode. So I have another tip related to that. It's actually a few tips kind of combined together. Um, if you do have a Disney cruise plan for the for your future, uh, it's always good to, a couple things. One, search on Facebook for groups that are going on your same cruise. And you can just do a regular search, usually with the date and the the ship that you're going to be going on and, and find some because uh, especially if you're newer or never traveled on Disney Cruise Line, it's it's a great resource to be able to ask some questions as well and, and get feedback. But uh, more importantly, what I really wanted to emphasize here is if you're traveling with teens or tweens, one, using those Facebook groups, you can reach out to find out if there's other families with kids of that your same your kids same ages and maybe plan some ability to chat before the cruise so people go on already kind of knowing somebody. But it's also really key on embarkation day for those teens and tweens to really go into the edge vibe or whatever areas that they're going to, they might have some welcoming parties for kids of that age, because they really do a great job right from the start with the Disney counselors helping with icebreakers to get people to know each other, because it really does help enhance their experience and feel comfortable to utilize those spaces and interact with other kids. Um, especially if your, your teen is on the shy side, this is a, a thing that you probably really want to emphasize because it's a lot easier doing that from the start than trying to get them to go in and participate later in the cruise. I love it. You know, I mean, there's so many great things to build up to what is a, should be a wonderful vacation, a Disney cruise vacation. And that's just another way to kind of add to that excitement as right. you get closer and also, you know, get some tips, especially if you're new to Disney cruise. Um, some people out there who have been on many times or you never know what you might come across in right. some of those groups for sure. And, you know, some people really do get into things like the fish extenders, etc. So that's also a way that you can usually find groups that you can sign up for. Yeah, so. very good. Michelle's tip, always the best. <laughs> Thanks. My tip this week is very simply, look, it's all about our topic this week. You know, reach out to your family, reach out to your friends. You know, I mean, whether they're you're, you consider them found family or just friends, be sure and reach out to them and talk to them. I'm so glad we got to reach out to Tony today and talk with him. Right. You know, I think it's very important to, to see how everybody's doing. Check in every once in a while. It's good for your soul. It's good for their souls. Um, and then, like I said, yes, your actual real blood family, but we so many of us have people in our lives that we consider family right. that maybe aren't aren't blood. And, you know, it's always great to just catch up with them from time to time. And For again, sure. check yeah. in, right. check in. Um, it's, it's very important, especially as we've seen some, you know, I mean, look, everybody has troubles with mental health every once in a while. Everybody has, every once in a while, just coming in and saying, how you right. doing? Yeah. You know, it, it, just that will perk up somebody and you just never know how that might brighten their life and brighten their day. Right. Or if you yourself are feeling kind yes. of down, then having that connection, you know, can, can help. Yeah. It, like I said, it, it'll fulfill you. It'll fulfill them. It's just, it's good for everybody's souls. Exactly. So reach out, reach out. 
Give him a call. Yeah. Give him a text. Just say hi. Whatever. Doesn't Good matter. tip, baby. Thanks, sweetheart. That's it for this week's show. Next week, well, the reason why we are recording this show early is because as this show drops, we're probably out at MegaCon Orlando. Right. Checking out a lot of the interesting panels and the showroom floor. We're meeting some friends out there. Our great friends, Pat and Charles from the Conversations podcast. We may do a little cosplaying. <laughs> Who knows? But we're going to be coming back next week and talking all about our experience and let you know what MegaCon was like. So maybe you can decide hey, in the future that might be something you'd be interested in as well. For sure. Yeah, exactly. I keep saying that over and over. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. For sure. <laughs> You, Janice? For sure. Right. <laughs> All right. We really have gone off yes, the rails now. Let's go sure. ahead and end for this sure. thing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. For sure. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.